When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Rose and Jamie are two best friends And they love sex and the city And they couldn't help but wonder Do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, Cheese, So many dudes. Every single dude. dude All the dudes And we couldn't help but wonder With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't Help Help But Wonder. Wonder. A podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to us. us. Hello. 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 How are you? Good. How are you? Nice to see your face. It's so good to see you. Um, I'm doing, I'm doing okay. I've had a lot of zooms today. Yeah. You are so busy in this. There are some zoom ins. I I, suddenly the core got very unquar. Um, what, who are you this week with all these zooms? Oh, you know, just, I would say somewhere between a Miranda and a Carrie, um, God, I'm kind of all of the girls. I'm a Miranda and a Carrie because it's been busy and I feel very like deadline oriented at the moment. Um, but I also feel like a Charlotte because uh, it is confirmed that I've gained six pounds in the quarantine and it's frustrating because I work out every single day. Not like I was, I wasn't on a diet. I wasn't hoping to lose anything, but I definitely didn't think I would gain cause I feel like I eat pretty well given that we're all just like at home all the time and I'm working out probably more than ever, mostly out of boredom. So yeah, I was just like, maybe, I don't know, but it kind of put me into a bit of a, it kind of threw me into a spiral, not, not because of the weight gain, but because I'm like, I don't understand why I think well, it is I, very frustrating to work out every single day harder than you ever have. In game that's life. what I, that's what I'm saying. Or yeah, maybe not even harder, but definitely more consistently. I have not stopped. I've worked out every single day for over a month. And again, it's just cause I can, like I have the time. So I'm just yeah, like, Oh, okay. I'll just, else to do. Yeah. I'm like, I'll just do this. It's kind of a nice way to start my day. And it's like, wait, I gained six pounds. Like, what the fuck is going on? It's just that's so, frustrating. It's frustrating too because everyone's like, oh yeah, you know, you're gonna cook at home. It's so good. You need to be cooking at home more. Yeah, Don't order out. And it's like, it's all eating. bullshit. <laughs> Nothing is real. Nothing. Uh, yeah, I mean, awesome. that was a big thing. Like at my gym, they were like, you know, and it makes sense. They were like, yeah, it's better when you're making all your meals because you're eating cleaner. And I'm like, okay, but what does that actually mean? And I'm like, well, apparently nothing because I'm just gaining weight. I also think being your 30s and a motherfucker, it's also just there's some point, and I'm saying this to myself, even though I'm saying it to you, but I'm really saying it to myself. I'm just like, this is a joke. This is the stupidest joke I've ever said, but there's a point where we have to accept our bodies. And I say that as somebody who doesn't accept my own at all, but it's hard because it's like, I can really relate to you. My sister is so much smaller than me. I'm like five inches taller than her, but I'm also a lot wider 
and larger. I'm a large, sometimes like a medium to a large. And she, I thought you were going to say I'm a large person. No, but never, like size wise. I would never call well, you that. I, have, I look thin, but I'm six feet tall. So I'm wide. I know what you mean. Like, I know what I'm you're saying. I'm wide across. My chest is wide. My shoulders are wide. My hips and my waist are wide. And, and my sister just bought a dress that looks absolutely adorable on her. And it was an X small. And like, I haven't been a small in like 10 years. I'm a medium or a large. Like I'm a 10 around like an eight to a 10. And it's like so hard as a woman when somebody says, oh, I ordered an X small in women speak that is translated to fuck you. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. it's so Extra hard not small. to take that perfect person. Like, can't they just have another term instead of like, it's the most small. It's the, it's smaller than small. And you're just like, oh. Thank you. It's like X small, AKA perfect. I guess I got the perfect size. Yeah. Yeah. We need to change it. It needs small meat needs to be like whatever. And then large needs to be, you go girl. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, exactly. And also sizing is so confusing because so many companies have like vanity sizing where like technically what you're wearing is like an extra large, but they're like, no, it's not at our company. It's a medium. And you're just like, what is all this? This is so stupid. Why do we care about size? It's horrible. It's just like, horrible, but it you does are, make a you're difference. good as is. I know. And I, all I'm trying yeah. to say is I feel for you. And when you tell me this story about gaining six pounds, I can relate to it. It's hard. And it's like, you want to just say, who cares, Jamie, just whatever. But it's like, everyone would be annoyed if they gained six pounds. It's just especially, hard. Yeah. Especially because it's like, oh, I feel like I'm doing all the things I will say last week. Okay. I started going to a new coffee place and they have donuts and in the morning, which place? Daily Donut on Hillhurst because they're open super early. So I started going there because I wake up pretty early. And so I get sometimes I'll get like two donut holes or something, just like a little bit of sweet to go with my coffee. Didn't think anything of it because I drink black coffee. So I'm not drinking like crazy, you know, I'm not drinking like a double mocha frap every morning along, you know, I'm just like having black coffee with like a bite of sugar. And I did it for a full week and I just didn't think it was a big deal because I you eat think it is. Do you think that's what it was? Clean. I think so. And I think I'm just sensitive to like processed morning? food or something. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm really trying to wrap my head. I'm like, okay, what has changed in the last week? Well, I did eat donuts technically every day, but <laughs> you know. It's hard too though, because I do think that like the core is hard. We don't do drugs. Like, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? Free? How do you get your fucking rocks off in this shit is what I'm saying. I think two donut holes a day. plus. That's what pounds. I'm saying. And it's also like, do I want to live in a world where I don't let myself have a fucking donut hole? Like, that's so. I mean, there's also just, just a certain <sighs> thing that like. I also have a theory that I think you're only skinny in your 20s. 30s and up is not. People you have are, to, you have to make a huge effort. You have to not eat if you want to. Be you have to not eat. That's, ex- oh my God. That's exactly right. I that's mean, what it feels can't like. Eat. You have to, you have to basically have like four leaves of lettuce and then like non And if you put bark. dressing on, you like gain a pound and a half. Right. It's, I, yeah, and I it's, think that's what's changing. And I'm like, wait, God, I mean, I am so sensitive that I can't even have like a little bit of sugar at the very beginning of my day, even though I work out for an hour. And also, I see like, you in your workout videos. Your body looks great. You might just have to be like. I think I might not n- tolerate any foods except for like meat and vegetables. And I really don't want that to be true because I love pasta. I love making Italian food. I love Listen, food just be in general. just about the six pounds, but. My whole thing is be depressed, complain, but then don't do anything about it. Okay. That's my like this. plan. That's a, that is fun. Honestly, I love your outlook. I think I'm gonna, that's a great outlook. I gained 
be depressed, pounds, complain, don't, don't do anything. I talk yeah. about it. But I had like six pieces of pizza last night and three <gasps> glasses of wine. Oh, that like, sounds whatever. fabulous. Oh my God. That I mean, sounds so, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I don't want to kill my joie de vivre and like it. being a normal person who enjoys, you know, like it's all about balance. And I really believe that. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be someone who is food obsessed. I really make an effort because I've come a long way from being that person. And I think I have a pretty healthy relationship with with food. I eat everything. There's really nothing I don't also, eat. Also, Jamie, I think at the end of the day, if you're healthy and you move your body every day. I do. Then I think you need to let it go because I can say, I mean, I t- we, we talk about body issues because we're women and that's part of our lives. The thing also is it's very frustrating to gain weight. But I do think part of it is, an, is inevitable as you age. And as frustrated as it, as frustrating as it is, you have to say to yourself, I'm healthy. I exercise every day. I generally eat very well. Yeah. Give it up to God. Because I mean, I've gotten wider, like my bones, like I have a dress that I bought like a year or so ago and it doesn't zip up my back. I don't have any fat on my back. Not at all. I'm wider. And it's like, I could be frustrated that I don't right, it's like body anymore. it's like body composition changes. But I mean, you get you widen out as you age. You just goddamn do. And yeah, it's you like, just goddamn do. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, well, that's just life. Yeah. And also I just wanna like not I just wanna choose how I use my headspace and my mental energy and I really just don't have it in me to care that much about this but like, you're just be pissed and throw a I think I'm just gonna yeah I'm gonna have day. this is sort of my piss yeah this is a little bit of a tantrum this is Good. a very calm tantrum that I'm having Good. right now I think you're handling it really well <sighs> thanks who are you how are you tell me everything I'm good thank you Um, there's so many things I want to tell you. Well, as far as who I am, I think I'm kind of a Samantha, Mm. um, because I've been spending a lot of time with my nephew who I love very, very much and who's completely obsessed with me. And even though I'm like a very good auntie and I'm very good with kids, I had a moment where I felt very much like how Samantha would deal with a kid or maybe a Miranda because I was hanging out with my little nephew. He's 20 months old. So he's almost two. And we were hanging out in the backyard. He was wearing Winnie the Pooh style t-shirt and no undies. And my sister and brother-in-law, his mom and dad were somewhere in the house. And it was just me and him. And we were just chilling out and he was just running around. Oh no, he was completely naked. And then all of a sudden he said, pee pee. And I said, Oh yeah, you can, you can pee. And he took the biggest shit I've ever seen just like right in front of me. It was such, I mean, his butthole is so small. That poo was like in a giant adult log. And he just was so, I could, I felt so bad because he looked ashamed and embarrassed and he kind of freaked out that he did it. And then he started like walking towards me, but like pooping along the way. Oh my God. And I like wanted to be so loving to him, but also it was like so gross. And I lifted him up. I go, it's okay. It's okay. And I just like lifted up this naked poopy baby. And I just like ran into the house and like went into his bedroom and like cleaned up his poop and you know, whatever. Um, Auntie Rose. I did the best I could. And I told my brother-in-law and my sister, and I was like, Hey guys, I cleaned him, but I'm not touching the poop. And they're like, okay, we'll get it. But it was just like this moment where like, I don't have a kid. So I'm not like used to like 
he just like stood outside and his face was like, uh oh, it's happening. And it just like, happened. It's interesting because it's like, I think kids, I think he kind of wanted privacy because he was like hiding behind this like sure. chair when he did it. And then he looked really alarmed. Oh. It was really sad. Like I didn't want him to feel bad, you know? Right, right. So I was like, oh, that's okay. That's okay. But I was like completely panicked. <laughs> and like I couldn't eat for like hours afterwards. Was, like, oh my God. It was really disgusting. So I definitely felt like the single kooky aunt who's like, okay, the kid pooped. You know, I don't right. really know what to do. Um, but I do have to say something very positive. Uh, I just spent a week in Ventura and this is the second time I've been out there. The first time I was out there was like a little hard for me. And I think I talked about it on the pod. I definitely talked to Jamie about it offline and it was a weird experience. Um, and then my sister and I had this really great conversation before I went the second time. And then I had a really great therapy session just about like being more open about my feelings and stating my needs more and also being more easygoing and just having more understanding expectations. And it has been such a wonderful visit like this mm. last week. So I feel so close to my sister, so close to my nephew, getting way closer to my brother-in-law. And I'm very protective of my sister because we're so close that like, you know, couples have little things and they have a great relationship, but I'm so protective but if like any little thing happens, like my whole body alarm system goes off, even if like everything is fine. And I think this time around, I was really able to just like realize like that, like they, everything's under control. I don't need to be so protective. She's an adult. Everything's fine. They love each other. It was nice. It's also nice for me because I didn't really grow up with parents in a relationship, just I haven't even seen that many healthy relationships in person in real life and living with them. They're so like loving and they're raising this kid and they're doing such a good job and it's such a house of love and that's really, really inspiring. It's like really something that is like sticking with me. So that's great. It is. It's really nice. And I feel really loved. And it's like, I'm not as productive as I am when I'm by myself, but my mental state is a lot better. Oh, I'm so glad. Well, you were not feeling great for a no. beat there. So mm-hmm. I'm really happy to hear that it was like a healing experience. It has been like I'm, making it worse. No, it's, it's really good. And it's, I've been feeling very grateful and um, very filled up with like family love. So oh, that's nice. good. That's so wonderful. Well, anyway, y'all, should we get into this? wonderful episode. Let's do it. Okay. So today we are covering season four, episode five. It's called ghost town. Rose, take us into it. Thank you, Jamie. This episode opens with Miranda running into Steve. He has big news. He's finally doing it. He's opening up his own bar. His new girlfriend, Jessica shows up and insists Miranda comes to the opening, which honestly the only thing worse than your ex's new girlfriend being a bitch is her being really nice. The best. Yeah. <laughs> it's so awful. This is horrible. She also refers to her and Steve as we. So the whole thing's a complicated mess for Miranda. Everyone meets up to discuss. Forget it. I'm not going. To what? What is it? Steve Brady and Aiden Shaw? How did this happen? Why are they even friends? Well, according to Steve's girlfriend, 
Jessica, who answered his phone while he was in the shower this morning. I love how you say Jessica like allegedly that's her name. <laughs> Aiden is Steve's silent partner. I wonder why I didn't get an invitation. Well, you can have mine, sister, because I'm not going. Carrie, come on. It's a big party. You probably won't even see him. It's not a party. It's a parade of our failed relationships. Next, you're going to tell me that, uh, that, that my junior prom dates the bar back. <laughs> I think it's good Aiden invited you. It means that he's ready to be friends. No, I don't know what it means. I just know I don't want to find out at the party. It means I forgive you. Please come. Oh, nice try. I'm not going. I'll go. Thank you. You see, Samantha's my friend. I'm going out with Samantha and her lesbian lover, and I am proud. Let's not invite Maria. I could use a night away from the old ball and chain. Oh, don't tell me you're in a sapphic slump. All we ever do is lie around, take baths together, and talk about feelings. I think they call that a relationship. I don't know how you people do it. All that emotional chow-chow, it's exhausting. I know. Don't you just hate that? Mm. Women. Such a great scene. Also, one of my favorite lines of that clip is, all this emotional chow-chow. <laughs> what is emotional chow-chow? I don't know how you people do it. Well, this emotional chow chow. I so know. what do you think emotional of this chow whole chow. bar opening thing? Um I I mean, wow. It is it I mean, it's I love the writing of getting Steve and Aiden to be great friends. It's so hilarious. It's also, such a funny melted. choice. They're both dumped. Yeah. Yeah. And then they've bonded. Um, they've bonded and become more successful than they've ever been. So that's funny. It's also kind of funny that like, it kind of makes sense though. Cause they were both of all the guys that the girls date. They're kind of similar. They're kind of like easygoing, non-competitive, yes. not very alpha. Yeah. They're kind of two sides of the same coin a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I like their friendship. It's so cute. Yeah. And this is like when they both start to get a little hot. Yes. I mean, Aiden like improved. He really transformed. Yes, he did. I mean, what do you think about this? Like Steve wanting to be her friend and, you know, Miranda wanting to go. Why do you think Miranda's so like non-traumatized? I mean, uh, Carrie seems completely like, absolutely not. I can't do this. But Miranda seems like weirdly fine with it. Why do you think she even wants to go? Yeah, I know. I was also wondering why does she want Carrie to go so badly knowing what Carrie did, to, did Aiden. to Aiden? I'm just the whole thing is a little strange. Um, but maybe I think that maybe Miranda on some level has like curiosity about like what like what is this going to look like? Um, why why is she not traumatized? I mean, she's never traumatized with Steve. When they run yeah, into each other, it's fine. <laughs> She's, yeah. she's just not traumatized. I don't know what it is. And I don't know if that's like, I don't know. I don't know if that's like a deliberate choice they made, but they're, they have like the easiest breakups and the easiest you know, slide into friendship. You know what it is? She's still, it's not like she's completely over him or anything. She still has feelings, but I think the reason why Miranda is like, let's definitely go to this is because deep down in her heart, she knows she always has the upper hand with Steve. She kind of always knows. That, that he's like putty in her hands a little bit? I think so. And I think she's like, oh, she's jealous she with Jessica. But she kind of deep down knows, like, if I really wanted to, I think I could get him back. That's a great assessment. Do yeah, you think? You're right. I think that's a really fun. Yeah, I love that theory. Yeah, because there's almost a 
she really wants to go to this thing. Um, so yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, there's a there's a piece of her I think that feels like she has a little bit of power over Steve still, and yeah. she loves it. And I think it makes her feel sexy. I think Steve just always makes her feel sexy. Yeah, I just think that she's kind of like she pretends that she's over it. And she might even consciously be think that she she's also might it. love that he has a girlfriend. It's probably like a little bit of a turn on. It's like, yeah, oh, because it's Steve like Steve is so available, and now he's like kind of getting like successful, and he is in a new relationship. Like it's a little juicy for her. Totally, because it was the same with Skipper. She was only ever yes, interested in Skipper. When... It's exactly the Skipper thing. Yep. Yeah, um, Miranda doesn't like people that like her. No, she hates to be liked. She does. It's a real yeah. turn off. Yeah, it's super. I yeah. I've had so, that before. I very much relate to that. I've definitely like been into guys. And then the second they're like, I like you too. I'm like, Ugh. so yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I have that too. I mean, subconsciously, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, and Carrie doesn't want to go because what shame she's just so ashamed still. I think she's ashamed and it's also just like, yeah, it's just like, Oh, he's doing great. He's friends with Steve. I think also Carrie has these like sort of nightmarish delusions that the two of them just like shit talk Miranda and Carrie all day, every day when they have free time. And the reality is that I think deep down she knows that's not true. And so it's almost that thing of like, it's worse when someone, it's worse for someone to not care about you than hate you. Right. Like, Cause hate takes energy. Yeah. yeah. Hate is like, right next to love almost what do you think about samantha's exhaustion with maria where are you at with that um i think you know it's a little bit of a timeline thing i feel like it it got serious very fast so i don't think it's just as simple as like oh i hate taking baths and like relaxing together i think it's that it went from like sort of spicy to very very comfortable very quickly yeah, I mean, it plays up on a lot of, like, lesbian stereotypes. Like, yes. Well, all I'm Maria wants to do, show. Of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah, all Maria wants to do is stay home, talk about her feelings. She doesn't like going out, which, you know, I'm sure there are some lesbians like that, but I'm sure there are plenty of lesbian couples that go out and do stuff and have fun. And so there's definitely the, the stereotype element. I also think it's interesting to kind of tie it back to what I was talking about at the beginning of the episode, just about, like, going home and being with my family and hanging out with a lot with my sister is my sister and I were talking about relationship stuff. And I was saying how nice it was to see like a healthy relationship with her and my Mm brother-in-law. And, you know, we grew up with a mom who like does not give a man a fucking inch. I mean, my mom, mom. it's just like, she won't let literally one thing go. She picks on everything. My mom too. And my sister said one of the best pieces of advice she ever got in therapy was like, don't talk about everything. Every single thing that hurts your feelings is not a conversation. You must let things go because otherwise you are teaching somebody that they are never good enough. They can't please you. All they do is fail. And then they stop trying and resent you. And that's it. And it's, Interesting because I do think that from what we're presented with in this episode, I do think Maria over talks about everything. Maria wants to talk 
about every single thing. She doesn't let a fucking thing go. And I do think that if she did more, then Samantha would have been interested longer. I agree. I think they've gone to like, they've gone to what we're talking about, like married a long time status, like the way our moms treat. Yeah. That they've like skipped to that stage very quickly. Yeah. I mean, ultimately they're not a match. First of all, Samantha isn't a lesbian and she's kind of making herself do it because she, this woman is so special and maybe Samantha's bi or maybe she's pan. I don't know. I feel like she's bi. Yeah. I think you're right. It's not really the sexuality. that's the problem. It's the, the, tenor of the relationship. I think the reason that this doesn't work is because Samantha's an avoidant and Maria is an anxious and Maria is very clingy and needy. And she chose a partner that doesn't like doing that stuff. And like a lot of anxious people, when she feels Samantha needing space and distance, Maria is like suffocating her even more. Oh my God. That scene in the bathtub. I was like, get, I was like, get me out of here. It was making me feel claustrophobic. It's one of the most claustrophobic things. It's like a horror movie where she's like, it is just a little on a dick. I was like, I, every time I watch this episode, I'm like, Oh my God. Like, well, I mean, it's such a testament to the performance. She's such and Maria is an amazing. Like, yeah. The, also, that hair is so she's gorgeous. incredible. Yeah, like, she's, she's stunning. Oh, what a character! For yeah, she's show. great. But it's interesting because it's kind of unfortunate because Samantha has this bad experience with Maria, and she's like, "God, like, see, I don't know why you guys aren't in relationships." And it's like, well, this is a bad relationship. Yeah, and this it's not yeah, like exactly. This just isn't a match. It's not really about. Yeah, it's not really about like this is what a relationship is, and then. If you don't want a relationship, you can get away from this. It's like, no, there are relationships that like fulfill you. <laughs> it's not all just like being in baths and being interrogated about your sex life before yeah, she met ex- you. Exactly. Because it kind of feels like, um, yeah, she's, who would want to be in a relationship with somebody where every five seconds they're like, how do you know him? Do you still like him? Do you want him? It's like, stop, oh. just stop. It makes me grossed out. Yeah. I wonder if that's, I am curious if that, um, you know, if you, it does bring up a larger conversation, which they don't get into at all. But if you were to date someone who used to be, or identified as straight before your relationship, would that be a a point of insecurity? Yes. My friend. Absolutely. Listen, is there a way to execute that in a way that's not right? Yes. That's actually a very good point. And I want to say, I'm making it sound like it's all Maria's fault. Maria has reason to be jealous. I mean, she's with somebody who slept with everyone. Guys are coming over at three in the morning and knocking on her door to to fuck and stuff. So it's not like Maria's crazy. It's just, this is a very, very bad combination because Maria needs is a person who needs a lot of reassurance in a relationship. And Samantha is grossed out by reassurance. Yeah. And she needs a lot of freedom. So it's not entirely Maria's fault. It's a very triggering relationship, but I, I think you're absolutely right. And it's actually, I have a friend who is totally an avoidant. She's a, a woman and she's queer, uh, bi or Paul, uh, bi, I guess, um, or pan. And she doesn't like, she, you know, she gets scared when people propose to her. She gets scared after a few years in a relationship. She's scared of marriage, all these things that people think only men feel she totally has. And, um, she's has a girlfriend now for the first time in her life at 40. Hmm. And, um, her girlfriend's very 
nervous that she's still attracted to men and she's had lots of male experiences. And just because she has a girlfriend doesn't mean she has no interest in men ever again, you know? And I think that's very scary for her. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. And just like in this dynamic, when my friend's girlfriend gets nervous and insecure, it turns my friend off, which is unfortunate. Yeah. This is, uh, yeah. There, it's just, it's not a great, not a great match. These two. The anxious avoidant trap. It's, it is definitely it so a trap. Many times. Hi everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Mdu Mokhtar. You're not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up and listening through your app. Okay, so getting back into the episode, though she's a little tired of Maria, Samantha takes her out for mojitos. Sam also immediately gets hit on by a guy, which is great for Sam. Maria, however, does not love it. Meanwhile, Charlotte heads out to pick a new bed for her and Trey's finally functional marriage. The bed shopping gets right off to a bad start when Bunny, Trey's mother, shows up and starts dropping her mattress expertise. Charlotte wanted a nice modern bed to have sex with Bunny's son on, but Bunny knows best. She's got to have a firm bed with a dust ruffle. When Trey arrives, he and Bunny's weird edible dynamic comes with him. Trey, Bunny, and Charlotte climb into a bed Charlotte hates altogether. But it's too much. Charlotte storms off. I must say, I love this scene. Me too. And the directing is so good when it's above them and they're all in bed. It's it's such a good metaphor. It's like it she is in bed with them. Yes. And even though this is a really extreme dynamic and and it's a comedy show, a lot of men have this relationship with their mothers. A lot of mothers have a hard time letting go of their sons. And want to still be involved and are threatened by the wife. And that is very real. One time when Dan's mom was visiting us, I might have told you this story before, but um, it was like really early in the morning and we were going to go to Disney that day. And uh, whatever, it was like early, like 630 in the morning. And um, I felt like something jump on the bed and I thought it was Dennis and I was like kind of like half asleep talking to Dennis and then it straight up was my (laughs) mother-in-law and I remember turning over and she's like are you ready to go to Disney you're like why are you in the bed and I was just like oh my god and it's so funny because my mother-in-law is so like she she's just like the most like playful personality and was just like excited to go to Disney but because I've seen this episode and I'm so like hyper aware of like it's the Bunny Trey Charlotte dynamic. Oh, a hundred percent. I'm yeah. A hundred percent. But it is, it also, this episode made me sort of see it even more clearly, I would say, because like of the literal Trey and Charlotte and Bunny getting into bed with each other. Like it was the first thing I thought of when it happened. I think it's really hard. I, I my, my mom, 
my parents divorced when I was two and they were not married long, but something that was really hard in their relationship is my grandmother had a really hard time with my mom being married and no longer like at her beck and call. Mm. And my grandmother would just drop into their house anytime at any time. And my dad was writing at home at the time. And he would be like, you sometimes have to call before you come. And my mom had to have a conversation with my grandma saying, you can't just drop into our house at any time. And my grandma was so hurt and so offended. I thought I was your family. It's interesting how parents can get really codependent with their kids and just feel like have a really hard time when a new person comes in. Right. But the kid has to stand up and say, I'm not a kid anymore. This is my partner. These are the rules. Dan and I, we did a, we did a, some comedy show at Meltdown when it was there where I think it was Naomi up Kerrigan's show. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, it was like, we went on stage and talked about our relationship and I brought up this scenario and Dan like, didn't think it was that weird. And I'm like, it's definitely weird. And the audience like cheered me on and I was like, okay, good. I'm not alone. It was like such a relief. That's so I was like, maybe I'm just being a jerk, but it's a little weird when your mom like physically climbed into bed. It's hilarious. I also love that you thought it was the dog. It's also, it's also for Dan to not think it's weird. It's very Trey in like the funniest way. He's like, no, no, no. That's what we do in, in the black family. Also. In the Jewish and Italian families, probably Mexican and Iranian and a lot of, lot of cultures, the boy is the mother's exactly. pride and joy. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, okay. So later, Miranda wakes up to some ominous banging. Does she have a ghost? Her cat thinks so. The rest of the core four, however, do not. After, Maria and Samantha have one of Maria's beloved bubble bath and feelings chats. <laughs> Sam's not really into it, especially when Maria asks about the guys who hit on her and how many men she's been with. Okay, we're going to keep going, but I just realized... Did they ever figure out the ghost situation in Miranda's house or was that just never addressed again? There is that that later banging. They have that whole like other core four meetup where uh, Miranda explains her her rationale for it, where she like checked in with the building super and nobody's up there. Yeah, nobody's up there. But then like uh, later on, Carrie comes over and they have that weird sequence where they're they're splitting Oreos in bed and just like hanging out. Mm -hmm. And that kind of like hand waves it away like they but like it's kind of like they just drop the plot i feel like no agreed that's i'm just that's sort of how it resolves there's not much more than that they like carrie comes over and then, yeah and then miranda she like kind of talks miranda out of it a little bit like they both She's like, 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 agree that it's like ghost. silly basically okay interesting yeah it's strange <laughs> okay um back at home charlotte confronts trey how much of their lives is Bunny going to control? Charlotte hates what Bunny's done to their apartment. It's too much plaid and duck decoys. She wants to have a talk with Bunny, but Trey steps up. He'll do it. Or he would, but when Bunny comes over, he's suddenly fallen ill. How convenient. It's like he literally made himself sick thinking about having to like stand up for his mother. He probably did. I know. Bunny will just have to stay while he recovers. Carrie heads to Steve and Aiden's bar to make a peace offering. She's impressed Aiden invited her to the opening, and she wants to make sure there are no hard feelings between them. She even bought him a plant. When she shows up, however, she just finds Steve. It turns out he was the one who invited her, so she runs out mortified. 
Miranda has another ghost wake up and Carrie comes over to keep her company. And Charlotte has yet another run in with Bunny. This time over Trey's chest. This is oh like my the best God, scene ever. I can't wait to listen to this scene. <laughs> She's like, I'll do it. It was disgusting. Bunny, what are you doing? I remembered I had some fix in my bag. It's the best thing for a cold. But I already gave him some NyQuil. NyQuil doesn't cure anything, Charlotte, except consciousness. Don't you think I should do that? Oh, I've been doing it since he was a child. It's no bother. But I am his wife. If anyone does it, it should be me. Not on his tummy, Charlotte. You're trying to break up the phlegm. Oh, let me. You don't know what you're doing. And you're being very inappropriate. house far longer than you, my dear. And unlike you, I never left. Believe me, the decoys may come and go, but I'm going to be here forever. Ugh. It's so good. It's my good worst threat. nightmare. Um, oh, God. I'm so proud of Charlotte in this scene. Wow. I had the same thought. I was like, wow. I mean, Charlotte... I mean, she says everything. Like, she does not spare feelings. Yeah, she says it's inappropriate. I also love that she got up the confidence to say there's only one lady of the house. That's great. So badass. Do you think there's anyone who Bunny would leave alone? Or do you think it's because she particularly doesn't trust Charlotte? Or do you just think she'd be like this with anyone? I think she'd be like this with everyone. And I yeah, think that I think, you're right. I think no one has. I I get the sense that like Trey's never even really had a serious relationship. Relationship. So this is the first person to like swoop in and you know take up his time, demand his time. You know, have you ever known boundaries. anyone? Have you ever known anyone, male, female, friend, ex, who had like a really weird relationship with a parent that was kind of blurry? Um. I had a really good friend in college who we, I still know her over Instagram, but she, she was basically um, raised by her dad. They mm. were very, very close. And he was kind of like a young, sexy dad. Mm. And they have like a, a weird relationship where they like overshared about their lives. They just seemed like a little too close. And when they went traveling together, like in hotels, they'd sleep in the same bed. Oh, wow. Which, like, I remember telling my therapist, because I just thought that was so weird. Like, I would never fucking sleep in the same bed as my no. dad. Even if it was, like, we were in, like, a camp, like an internment camp, and there was one bed. He would, like, sleep on the ground. Like, and my therapist said something interesting. She's like, there should never be anything blurry like that. Everything yeah. should be really clear when it comes to a parent. Like, yes, I, I would agree. Um, and her putting the lotion on his chest was not good. No, and I mean... Like his like gorgeous body. It was just weird. No, so weird. I I have yeah. When Dan and I first started dating, I had a Vicks Vapor Rub moment where <laughs> we this was maybe the first time I met his mom. Um, but I 
I, uh, we, it was like a backyard barbecue at his brother's place. And I went in really quick into the house. And then when I came out, Dan was standing like with his arms out, like Jesus. And his mom was doing like a full sunscreen rub. <laughs> oh my God, Jamie, that's so funny. <laughs> Wait, Jamie, this is so hilarious. I feel like wait, every reveal is more damning of Dan and his mom's. I mean, wait, a full sunscreen rubdown in yeah. your 20s is like unbelievable. It was incredible. Um, and I just, you know, it was at the time, it was like the new in the relationship. So I was just like, okay, noted. And then. Wow, they're so close. Yeah. That's so nice. It was, it was definitely. Yeah, it was Sign definitely a visual, and uh, yeah, and I think a lot of that too, though. Like, I mean, I'm definitely not excusing it in any way, but I also think it's because, like, it almost does take. I'm not even talking about my situation; just in general, even in Charlotte's situation, it almost does take someone making you realize your dynamic is not. It your dynamic might have worked at some point in this kid's life but like and it probably has gone on way too long into adulthood so it takes someone saying this is not gonna work for us for them to be like oh oh yeah you're right i guess and that that can be hard for people to hear because it's like family and And it feels personal but it's like it's not personal it's just like this is the only way that like our relationship can function like it it really is it's just true there really only can be one woman of the house it's also unappealing oh of course it's the worst it's child look it's childlike it's unappealing it also makes you feel like you're not as needed it's just not yes and the childlike thing is so true like in that moment i remember being like i just saw like baby dan Right, because that's what you do to children. Yeah, I was like, oh no. I know, it's interesting. I mean, it's so hard. It's so hard not to fuck up your kids. There's so many people whose parents didn't spend any time on them. And then there's too much time. It's like that sweet spot of like taking care and not being, it's interesting. Like I'm bringing this up a lot because I'm living with my family right now. But like, you know, my baby nephew is so cute and so adorable and handsome and you know, we all give him all the attention and he's of course. a little spoiled, which is totally normal. Yes. But they're like really interested in having another one because they're like, he's going to be like a monster. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. it's like, if you don't pay attention to him for two seconds, he like, he's like, cries. what's happening? No, he has like this crumbling. No, he's like, you're like, it's, he's not actually, he's just kind of, right. You know. He's just used to the attention. Yeah. Which makes sense. So yeah. anyway. Getting back in, Samantha gets woken up by her own spooky banging. Sean, one of the guys from the bar, would love to fuck. Sam considers it, but she can't. Not with Maria there. And especially not when Maria wakes up and tells Sean to get lost. After he does, she and Sam go at it. Where did their passion go? What is their relationship? Where are the fireworks? Um, Maria answers by breaking a bunch of Sam's. That is such a fun scene. You want fireworks on Oh my god, I love her like Brazilian meltdown. She's like bing. I, I, oh, she's so funny. I also the noises she makes. I also amazing. love that like in the scene they kind of address one of the weird little logic things where Maria's like, "You don't even cook. Why do you have so many plates?" It's so like, it's amazing. Funny, yeah, it's, it's so, so funny. Good. Such a good example of like a truly dramatic and comedic scene. It's 100%. like so funny. That's such a great point. It is a hundred percent. It's like the perfect balance. Yeah. Um. So then 
Back at Miranda's, she and Carrie talk about going to Steve's opening. Carrie's not sure she can do it after what she did to Aiden, but Miranda convinces her. And Charlotte and Trey have one more run-in with Bunny. This time when they're in the middle of having sex. I love that scene. Bunny finally seems to get it. She can't just burst in on them all the time. Also, side note, um, uh, sexual objectification, male gaze, me too. Uh, Charlotte's body always looks incredible. Oh, I know. Her back. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Her it's back. Like the best back. So good. Okay. Um, so a few days after their plate-smashing meltdown, Maria swallows her pride and apologizes. She even brings a peace offering of her own, a strap-on. Samantha's touched, and they give it a try. I have to say, even though it's a really comedic moment, um, it is very cool that they show that because I don't think a lot of people, there's all this like misinformation in the straight community about what lesbian sex is. And it doesn't always involve a strap on, but like the idea of scissoring, like all my lesbian friends are like, we don't scissor. <laughs> um, and so it's like, just even introducing these like alternative ways of having sex, I think is cool. Yeah. Totally. Agreed. At Steve's opening, Sam's walk is all off. Turns out the strap-on threw her back out. It also didn't save her and Maria, which Sam's just fine with. Everyone wanders off on their own, and Steve and Miranda share a nice moment. You came! I'm so glad. So, what do you think? I think... I think you did good. Really? You mean it? Mm-hmm. Because I never would have done this if it wasn't for you. What are you talking about? I didn't do anything. Are you kidding me? This whole thing was your idea. You always told me I should start my own bar. I never forgot that. I just never thought that I could, so... Thanks. You did good. And just like that, Miranda gave up the ghost. Come on, let's get you drunk. <laughs> That's interesting. So it says, so just like that, she gave up the ghost. So those noises were just her dreaming about Steve. That's so unreasonable. That's so blurry, that story. It is such blurry storytelling. But I don't get it. I do like it. I wish that I did had too. been it's serviced surreal. a little more. Yeah. Well, because it's just anxiety. It's like, it's just unresolved anxiety that's like manifesting in this weird way. That's a good point. She bumped into him. It was bothering her. Yeah. It was and it like, actually shows that she wasn't as calm, cool, and collected as she pretends to be with Steve. I think with Steve, she cares about him so much. And for some reason, it's so hard for her to admit. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. We're talking a lot on this episode about like medical dynamics and like mothers and sons. And there is a little bit of a mother's son thing with Miranda and Steve. Like even ha- like the fact that you did good means so much to him. It's such a parental thing. Oh, yeah. It's like, that'll do, pig. <laughs> Is that, are you quoting something or did you just make that up? It's babe. from Babe. Wait, that'll do, pig is so funny. as like, just on its own. <laughs> so that's why it's such a huge, it's a quote, man. Wait, that'll do, pig is so That'll funny. do, pig. That'll do. partner. <laughs> like a nice dinner that'll do pig it's like a little pat on the head it's like yeah good boy just, good boy steve i mean listen like at the end of the day as like fucked up and freudian as it is like everybody wants their partners to kind of be their parents in a weird way it's like you want to be men, taken care of i think that men especially like it to a degree i don't want to make that as a generalization but in my experience i have felt it i have not had a gay relationship with a woman so i can't speak to that but as a straight woman i have noticed it in more than one 
in more depends. than one relationship. I don't mean to blow up my sister's spot, but my sister really likes to have her meat cut into little pieces. Like she likes her husband to cut her meat. <laughs> <laughs> and it's totally from my dad because my dad used to cut up our meat. Oh my God. And like at it's dinner. So, that's like, I really, that's, that's, I don't know why I find that it's very endearing. I guess it is sweet. It's it, just. But it's, it's, I'm also laughing because it is ridiculous, but it's also so sweet. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, she's it's like. It's kind of great. No, it's like, a lot. we like to be kind of, you know, whatever. I like to be read to. That's something that I like. Oh, I get that. Yeah, but it's I have a friend and him and his wife take turns reading to each I other. Think that's really cute. That is cute. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. We that all dynamic. probably, we all have probably have like, exactly. I was just going to say, I was like, wait, I definitely have things that have carried over from like the way I was raised that I like would probably expect of Dan. I'm trying to think of tangible ones, but I know they're there. Uh, I mean, this is really small, but my mom used to like scratch my arms and back before bed. Like yeah. I remember it vividly. I made her do it for years. I mean, she started it now. I loved it. And I, I make partners do that all the time. And oh. It's interesting to me, people whose parents didn't do that. I think it's very common for parents not to have done that. But it's such a vivid memory of me, like, lifting my shirt up so that my mom oh. could scratch my back. Oh, that sounds so dreamy. That's it like ASMR, just hearing about that. And then she'd be like, okay, Rose, it's been 20 minutes and more. Rose, <laughs> I'm not like your personal back scratcher. I remember it's one you. time I... This sounds so gross, but one time my dad gave me a foot rub. I had socks on. I just want to be clear. That's not but gross. okay, but I was like, and I remember he was nodding off during it. I remember <laughs> kind of like jolting and being like, you're not done yet. Like get back yeah. to work. It's like such how kids are. It's just like give, take, get, take, 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 take. Yeah. I'm like, you're tired. Well, so are these tootsies. Get back to work. Oh my Pops. god, so are these tootsies. That's so good. What did you think about like? It's kind of interesting. Like even uh, Miranda saying like, and with that, the ghost was over. It's like, she kind of seems like she's like weirdly fine and resolved. Like she's really proud of him. It kind of feels like she's, she's over him. Right. Yeah. And it also is like, wow, what a great person. Cause I think it, the more, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I feel like there would be a little like, oh, wow. He's like doing really well. Like yeah, that's what I'm saying. Really he wasn't. Like and now he's like kind of killing it. And then he's saying, I'm the reason he's killing it, but I'm no longer his person. So I don't get to like reap the benefits of being with him killing it. I think it would just be a little bit more of a mind fuck than it is in this, the way that they um, portrayed it. Well, the way they portray it is that she's so cool with it over him yes. that it truly does not matter. Right. Which we can buy or not, you know? Yeah. I don't know where I stand there, but yeah. I don't either. Um, Have you ever had an ex or, that you broke up with and then became like really successful and it was like, wait a minute, why didn't you do that when we were together? No, actually. Um... A little bit my college boyfriend, I guess, but he was always like on the path to success. Like he was always a really ambitious person and very driven. Um, but at the time we were together, it was like right out of college and he was like working really crazy hours and not making much money, but I knew he would eventually. And now he does. Did you ever so, feel like you were a big part of someone's success that then you were an ex of? Like, mm, like did you kind of help them get to the next level and then you broke up? No. What does that say about me? Well... No, this is a very maybe a little question. bit, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit in one relationship. Um, just because we kind of like were creative partners as well, so there's like a little bit of that, like behind every man is a great woman, right? But, yeah. um, but not really. No, I don't have it in, to that degree. Not where I feel like 
without me, you'd be it would never have. kid. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't have that at all. Hang on, my old my old sneeze <laughs> came back. Oh, oh, there, there it is. Oh, Keep um, it in. It's not getting edited out. Did I have that experience? No, I have not had that experience, but I've had a different experience where <laughs> they they became homeless after <laughs> you broke up with them. <laughs> just went they downhill. Literally, just lost their they fucking minds. Now they're their in a way. mental institution. <laughs> I just stopped. Well, when I broke up with them, they just like didn't have a will to live. No, I didn't have that. I had something else I've been thinking about lately. This is kind of like how you ask a politician a question and they answer it with whatever they want just as they're thinking about something. <laughs> That's what I'm about to do. It's not okay. that it's not that related to this, but it's just something I've been thinking about. Okay, along, tell me. Along my personal growth journey. Yes. So like obviously being single during core is like quite an experience because you can online date, but Dating is a little bit on hold now, a lot on hold now, sure. and you really can't meet anyone. So it gives you a lot of time to like, think about like why you're single and blah, 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 blah. And I had this realization, which I've already known, but just was like marinating on this idea that like, I have these like toxic narratives that like, I'm very like unlovable or unrejectable or like men don't want to fight for me or mm. just like these bad stories that I've told myself because I've had some like very like rejecty, abandony, like male experiences romantically. Mm. And I was looking on my Instagram and there was a couple of people and I just have been realizing through journaling that like all throughout my life, there have been guys, really good guys who really did like me and like want to do something. And for whatever reason, there's multiple men all throughout my life who I could not, I kind of like shut it down Mm. and always either chose somebody else at that time who was like a completely not good for me or just made an excuse about why it couldn't happen. And ultimately it was just too scary for me to, to be with somebody who clearly really liked me and like would be there for me. Like that was just like kind of intolerable. Mm. And so it's not the same thing as Miranda and Steve, where we would break up and then he would go start his own bar. But there's a lot of guys that I did not give a chance to that. I now see are like married and having Mm -hmm. babies Mm -hmm. and just makes me think about not regrets or things that I've done wrong hopefully not, but more like, okay, Rose, it's not that you're unlovable and are not worth fighting for. It's that you've had a really hard time letting people in who could be good to you. Mm, that's an interesting realization. And you've always just chosen. It's been because you don't actually have to really be intimate with somebody if they're not available, but if they actually are available, then you really do have to be intimate. Yeah. And even if you say you want that, or I say, I want that when it actually presents itself, it can be quite terrifying. Mm. Yeah. So it's less about like seeing exes that are like financially so successful now, but I have noticed just because of Instagram, I'm followed by quite a few guys that used to like me a lot that I just couldn't when I look back, I, the reason that I didn't give them a chance is because they were available. There was nothing mm. else. I mean, that I mean, was that's, it. that's very relatable. I've definitely, I've had that before as well. Yeah. So it's interesting to see, Oh, I wasn't ready for this. And now right. they moved on and yeah, did it's it. like the, it's the timing thing as well. 
Yeah. And it also just goes back to like, if you don't feel worthy and if you don't feel deserving of love, you can't get it because people yeah. will come in and try and you will. Yeah. It's like you not... have to be in a place where you're like open to it. Yeah. Well. yeah. So that was kind of a good breakthrough. That is. That's a big breakthrough. If I can uh, completely weasel my life. Into oh, I this, love it. Where I mean, that's the, literally totally... the whole the point of this podcast is to weasel our lives into sex in the city discussion. There you go. Okay, so the episode closes with Carrie and Aiden sharing some cake outside the bar. There's definitely something still between them, but Aiden has to give a speech before they can really figure out what it is. And this brings us to the question of the episode. New York is definitely haunted. Old lovers, ex-boyfriends, anyone you have unresolved issues with, you are bound to run into again and again until you resolve them. My relationship with Aiden was long dead, but with one invitation, he was suddenly a presence in my life again. Or had he been there all along, like the chair he made that I could never bring myself to sell. When a relationship dies, do we ever really give up the ghost? Or are we forever haunted by the spirits of relationships past? You tell me, what, how do you feel about this one? I think we dwell on past relationships and go into what if, and what if I did this and regrets when we're not happy now. Um, and I think that the ghost of old relationships disappear when you're happy in your life. And that you is exactly how I feel. It's really just a symptom. It's completely how your lens at the time, if you're not satisfied, you're going to start. I think you're going to just sort of let thoughts of old relationships creep in. Um, and Fantasy, also yeah. un unresolved issues or unresolved feelings that you have, like it's, you're going to tune back into that wavelength because your, your brain does need somewhere to go. I feel like your brain is always kind of like working things out. And if you're not secure or happy in your current situation, you are going to look backwards. That's what you do. So the ghosts go away when your life is in a better place. Yep, I think that's exactly right. Okay, so, so this brings us to our last segment. I'm horny for Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show. We end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? Okay, classic Rose this is something that everybody already knows and is like years old, but oh. I just watched Parasite for the first time. Mm. And uh, it's on Hulu if you haven't seen it yet. It is, I think it's unhypable. It already won best film and best everything. And yes. it's already everyone's favorite movie. And it was still better than I could have even imagined. Um, I had a scary dream afterwards and I had, couldn't sleep for the next two nights, but it was hundred percent worth it. And I'm now very excited to dive into all of Bong Joon-ho's uh, films and watch all of them. So that's my horny for Jamie. That's a great horny for my horny. What about for, you? I'm horny for uh, Leah Remini. I'm watching her Scientology documentary Ooh. series. That's also on Hulu by way of A&E, I believe. And um, it's so interesting. And she just seems like such a funny, cool, real person. Um, and it's really inspiring, too, because it's a show that's it's the show. I mean, the show's amazing. Like it, it. I think it's better than going clear. I think it's better than a lot of like Scientology books I've read. It's just like really interesting to hear these these people who worked for this organization, they have a lot of people who are like really high up in Scientology who just like quit and then they come on the show and they're like, I'm on the other side now. I will wrap yeah. them out. I will say all the things. Um, but also it's really inspiring because Leah Remini is such a funny person and there's nothing funny about what is going on in the Church of Scientology and all of the abuse and um, taking advantage of people and brainwashing and all the things. 
But what I love about it is that she still comes through as funny, even when she's not being funny. And it gave me, I'm tying it back to myself because with my show, which I'm currently editing right now, if there's a moment that isn't funny, I get really anxious because I'm so used to trying to make things funny. And everyone I'm working with, all my producers are like, sometimes you just have to let things not be funny every moment because it's like subverting the tone you're trying to go for. And watching her show let me realize that like a funny person is going to seem funny even when they're not making a quote unquote joke. And it was just a nice reminder of that. So sounds like a great watch. It was. Oh, yes. I mean, take my shit out of it. It's such a good watch. Start from first season. There's three seasons up. Get into it. Thanks, James. Okay, love you. I'll see you love next you time. Love you too. Thanks for okay. listening, you guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod. And follow my co-host, Rose Cerno, on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host, Jamie, at ReallyJamieLee on Instagram and at TheJamieLee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you're nasty, it helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. And mastered by Anna Rubinova. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Beow, <coughs> beow,